Welcome to Lipstick Attitude, hosted by Dr. Elizabeth King, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, author, and motivational speaker, specializing in trauma and women's mental health, and Yvonne Haas, psychotherapist and coach specializing in relationships, couples, and women's issues. This show is your dose of inspiration, information, and laughter. In each episode, Dr. King and Yvonne bring you hacks, tips, and inspiring stories to help you live a successful life. So ladies, grab your lipstick. It's time to do this. The Lipstick Attitude Podcast is powered by Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick Foundation, a nonprofit movement to empower women and children from all walks of life to be resilient, self-confident, and purposeful leaders through education, mentorship, and community outreach. To learn more, visit sslwomen.org. Please note that this show is intended to empower and educate. It is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for individual therapy. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is the Lipstick Attitude, and I am Dr. Elizabeth King, and my co-host, Yvonne Haas, is here. Hi, Yvonne. Hi, Dr. King. Hi, Elena. Hi, Elena, our very special guest. Hi, how are you? We're actually a little bit late starting the recording because we needed to admire her beautiful room. If you you guys are watching this instead of listening, uh, you you will also be drooling. I'm sure all of you are going to be very jelly as Yvonne and I are at this moment. So it's going to be a really fun show. I'm super excited to have you, Elena. I'm excited to be here with you guys today. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yvonne, you want to go ahead and kick it off with the Uh, intros of our uh, wonderful guest? Absolutely. Elena Capra is an award-winning interior designer, spokesperson, as well as the host of the weekly home design television show on WPLG, SoFlow Home Project. Her Fort Lauderdale-based firm, Elena Capra Designs has designs homes throughout South Florida, as well as New York, California, Arizona, Massachusetts, and Minnesota. She is a residential interior designer and a certified master kitchen and bath designer whose projects have been featured in numerous media outlets. But honestly, most importantly, she was a panelist on our recent Lead Out Loud uh, celebrating Women's International Month uh, last March. So we are to have you here today, Elena. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, what a wonderful event and so much, so much um, that we got from all of the panelists. And Lena, you had such an amazing input. And I know that we heard from so many of the women that were at the event saying how how they were felt so in, inspired and empowered with everybody's messages. So thank you for being part of that uh, event. And now that I'm reading all of your amazing. credentials, super um, convinced this is why my room looks the way it does and your room looks the way <laughs> your room does because I don't have any of those things behind my name. So I feel well, less I bad. Artwork. Thank you. That, that I love too. You, have to. you have to share Yvonne the name of the episode because I thought it was super clever. The name of today's episode? Yes. I love Ca- it. Career by interior design. <laughs> I love which, it. I kind of love that because it goes along with your career and it also goes along with what we do as mental health professionals. You know, we're doing things by interior design as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Just a little different, (laughs) lately. Ours isn't as pretty. (laughs) Ours isn't pretty at all. (laughs) No, it's not pretty at all. 
sometimes is downright ugly, but at the end, it becomes pretty. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's an interior design. Yes, that's awesome. I love it. So, so Elena, did you always see yourself as owning your own business when you first started out? So for me, it was definitely something that was always a goal. I always dreamed about that once I started my career in design, but like everything, it's you never know when it's the right time. When is it the right time to make the jump? Will I be able to have a successful business? There were all these questions that like earlier on, I was a little bit nervous, but I knew that was the end goal. I just needed that push, that sort of um, catalyst to, to kind of put me there. And I did get that um, sort of in a roundabout way. It wasn't the way I planned, but sometimes when uh, life, you know, throws something at you, you just, you take it and you run and you make something good out of it. And that's what I did in the situation with when I started my company. So I'm going to, I'm going to drill down because we're all about getting real and really sharing our stories. That's what this program is about. So when did you start this career path and how did you get there? Okay, so I, I'd always loved design. I absolutely loved it. I've been into art since I was a kid. I've always painted and drawing and all of this stuff. And when I went to college, I actually went to the University of Miami, I studied graphic design and advertising. So I always loved create, creative fields, um, but I spent uh, sometimes more time decorating my apartments throughout those years and dorm rooms. <laughs> all so I knew I loved it. Like the first thing I ever did before I went to school, I spent that summer preparing my dorm room decor and I literally like put so much effort into it. It was animal prints and all this, all this stuff. Um, but I loved it. And I, I didn't realize at the time I, I enjoyed my, my education there and it was great. After graduated, I went back to school in New York and I did a, a certificate program at a school for interior design. And that's when I realized like, this is it. I loved it. I went to school in the, at the, in the evenings and I worked as someone's design assistant during the day. So my entire days, uh, Monday through Friday, were filled with design from morning to night. And, but when you find something you finally love in a career, I feel like that doesn't feel like work. It never did. And I was just as proud of the, the very first design assistant job. Like I, if you had asked me about that job, then I would have talked to you about it. Like I was at the top of my design game because it meant so much to me to just even have an opportunity to work in the industry. Um, so I worked for other people for a couple of years and I worked for Expo Design Center where I learned a ton of design knowledge. They really were, uh, that was part of the Home Depot company and they were really big on educating their designers. So I learned so much and I enjoyed so much of that education and, and uh, just background in design, but they closed their stores in 2009. And that was when I decided to start my company. So it wasn't planned. I had probably, you know, realistically, I probably would have worked a few more years and gotten more experience working for a company. So there's, I feel like the timeline sometimes might be skewed, right? I didn't know exactly when starting my own business would happen, but when we found out that they were closing all locations, you know, I was like, okay, there weren't many, there were almost virtually hardly any jobs in the design industry at that point. This was, you know, when things in the, the economy had taken a downturn and a lot of things were closing and all of this stuff. So there really weren't a lot of design jobs. So I think sometimes when you can't find a job, you have no choice but to create it. And that was like the push I needed. And that's sort of when I, that's, that, that is when I started. 
So, so let me even get go down a little bit further on, on this uh, down this rabbit hole. So, what happened um, as far as challenges and and were you afraid? Were you afraid to take the the leap of faith here? Well, absolutely. I think sometimes, like I was saying, in certain situations, I, I was a little nervous, but I tried to kind of mask that with excitement because it was exciting at the same time. It is always scary taking a leap of faith, you know, trying to start your own business. But a couple of things I knew were that it would make it okay in a sense was I was starting something that virtually didn't take any, there was no overhead. So I think sometimes if you are looking to start some sort of a business, especially if it's service related, jumping in when you don't have a lot of overhead, you know, I didn't have to rent a space right away. I didn't mm -hmm. have to do any of that. I could work from my home from my desk. So mm -hmm. I knew that wouldn't cost me any money there. So now I just had to get clients to at least pull in some <laughs> income. Um, the good thing I, I will say that when we luckily had severance for a few months, so that helped me get a cushion mm -hmm. to start. And I, I truly am grateful for that because that sort of did give me a little bit of ease. And I, I understand that sometimes you don't always have that option. So even when you don't, I think just, just sort of getting everything together. I had never run a business before. I really didn't. For me, I'm when you're creative, usually you're, I, I focus more on the creative part of the business. Like that's what I could do. I was never a business person. I didn't go to school for business. I didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. um, I am very close my, with my dad and he's someone I sort of have always looked um, to for career and business advice. He's, he's great in his respective field. So he was kind of very helpful to me in the beginning. Um, always talked to him like, what should I do? How should I start? So he was sort of like a, a great guide. Um, I think it's always important to have someone that, that you could just bounce uh, things off of ideas or just strategies and stuff like that. It was always learning. Um, also, a lot of friends of mine are in the same industry. And mm -hmm. I, I think that is very important because some of them were also starting to do the same thing or may have been on their own for much longer. So I think it's I think it's always great to have colleagues and friends and peers that are at various stages of the career that you want and that you're in because mm -hmm. you can learn so much. You know, there was designers I looked up to that had been at the been in the game for a long time that had the, you know, all the accolades and it's just as important to kind of to forge relationships with people at that stage of the career and, and more mentor type of uh, situation and also people who are in the same boat as you. Uh, surrounding myself with friends who are kind of going through the same thing is like a virtual like support group for, yeah. you know, what you're doing, your business, your career. And that also really helped me when I was getting started. Just, you know, hey, how much are you charging for this? Or, you know, what is the, who are you going to to mm. purchase these things? Like you, it's all about relationships. And I think if you don't have that, it's hard to forge forward. You have to really just start. And that's what I did at the beginning was just start strengthening relationships with people around you to, to help your business grow. Wow, what, what great strategies you've uh, shared. I just wanted to uh, just highlight some of them because I was taking mental notes and uh, I really love what you said as far as having a cushion, a financial cushion, because we talk about this all the time when, when we're doing executive coaching. Uh, we always say, don't 
don't just jump into something without really figuring things out ahead of time. And I know a lot of people are very passionate and want to do, you know, live their dream, which we all do. But you have to think of the practical end of it. And I love that you Absolutely. said that you had a little bit of money set aside, that you were able to utilize that to cover you. And, and I think that that's such an important message for women listening to this program right now, because uh, I think it's so important that you go after your dreams, but that you have that practical peace of mind set aside that you have the funds to do it. And whether you get a severance pay or a retirement pay, or you save up little by little savings, yeah. until you can do it. And it could take, mm -hmm. a, you know, it could take a year or two, but whatever it, it is, by the time you get to make that, that very difficult decision of moving forward with your business, you, you can breathe. Right. And, and I think yes, that's, so it definitely important. makes it a lot easier. So you don't feel uh, as stressed. And also for me, the big thing was keeping my overhead low. Sometimes mm -hmm. depending yeah, on the type of business mm -hmm. you're, you're starting, you don't always have that opportunity. But I mean, it took me a couple of years working from home before I even got my first studio space. Mm -hmm. And even then I started very small, 250 square feet, something mm -hmm. I knew I could afford monthly. And then after a few years there, then I was ready to get the bigger office space. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I've been at the current space for six years. And I think uh, sort of the Baby Steps approach to uh, expanding for me has been uh, kind of what, what has helped me. I think we all have different goals, but for me, for me it was to keep it manageable. Um, manageable and also in a way that I could slowly grow and then enjoy that growth. Mm -hmm. that's, that's excellent. Uh, before you mind, I know, that, I know you're dying to jump in, but can I say one last thing? The other thing that I heard you say, Elena, that, that I really love is the, the having your tribe to support you. And, and that is something that suits the Lettos and Lipstick Foundation. That's what we're about. Yvonne, did I take your words? I, I see you're like going, ah, that's what I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> yes, you did. I, did, I was just going to, well, actually what I was going to say was, um, being able to see your peers as your ally versus simply your comp that competitors, right? Mm -hmm. There's enough business for everybody. Mm -hmm. And being able to form that tribe where, especially with people in the field, because they have more capacity for understanding the ins and outs and the ups and downs and just having somebody to bounce those off of. But, you know, King and I get that all the time when people mm -hmm. say to us, wait a minute, you refer patients back and forth? We're like, yes, she has a skill set I don't possess, as versa. And just being able to have that, I think, is so important, especially for women. I absolutely you know, because we are more. more competitive. Yes. And, and the other thing I heard is that you had a mentor that would happen to be your dad. And mm -hmm. uh, wherever you can find a mentor, someone that could guide you, you know, don't be afraid to ask. It could be someone in your family or it could be outside of your family. But, you know, finding that someone that you can trust and share your dreams with and not feel, you know, intimidated by asking what we call maybe even stupid questions, which there are none. But th those questions are you like, I think I should know this as a business person, but I don't. <laughs> and Yvonne and I, we're, we're, we're always doing that. <laughs> you know, we're not every day, all day. Learning. 
we are always learning in business. And I feel like no matter how far along you are in your respective career, there's always room to learn from others who Mm -hmm. do the same thing. I think we're continuously learning. For me, if I did not surround myself with a lot of people who have in who are in the same field, I feel like I wouldn't even be where I am today because Mm -hmm. we all help each other. And I think, and that also comes in not only in support. Sometimes it comes in opportunities. I I can't tell you along the way how many amazing opportunities in my career I have gotten just through relationships of people, whether it was a product rep or or a fellow designer or an architect or a salesperson at one of the showrooms. Like those relationships have always been so special. Not only did it bring me in clients sometimes or opportunities to work on a really cool project or just about anything. I really truly believe that you have to just continuously grow those relationships and nurture them because you never know when you're helping someone, like you might give someone Mm -hmm. a a break that they Mm -hmm. might not have gotten and you never know when it might help you. And so for me, that's always been such a big part because I am, I could, if I had to list all of the times that I've been, I've literally gotten so many great benefits of just connecting with certain people. We've all done that in our career. That's how we grow businesses. When you're a small business, you have to connect. You have to build good relationships. It's, it's such a key part of that. Yeah, and in keeping in line with, uh, you know, always growing and always learning, you know, I know continuing education is really important for our field in mental health. I, I actually did not know that there were continuing educations in, in your field. I mean, it make, definitely makes sense because trends and everything change. But why is, why is it important to you in your field? So for me, I started out in more of the uh, design heavy part of the business, meaning kitchen and bath design, which uh, are really technical. Um, We work with installers. We have to know plumbing, electrical construction. We have to know all of that stuff. So I always, it was a main thing to me was get certified. As soon as you are literally, you qualify, like once you have enough years and enough experience to sit and take those tests, do it. That was the, always the goal because I recognize the value in that. Not only would that allow me to be, I think, more attractive to clients, like, oh, she's certified in this field. When you have a niche in your business, I do think that helps set you apart from others. And that became my niche. Um, I love designing bathrooms specifically, uh, but I do kitchen and bath. I like them both, but bathrooms is my favorite room to design and kind of going with that niche has helped me grow. I spoke about designing bathrooms at home shows and other things. Like I, I got the certification and then I, I let it you know, grow from there. Having those certifications, I really think is key no matter what uh, part of the industry. And there's, there's quite a few. In, in the design industry, you have um, certified kitchen bath designer, you have certified master kitchen and bath designer, um, which has to do with the amount of years you've been doing it and then qualifying. So I, I reached that a few years ago. Um, there's a uh, there's a, a licensing exam as well. There's all there's lead uh, certifications. There's now well certifications. There's a whole lot of uh, certifications in the industry that are very important. And I think also with those, not only do you learn and you have to do education hours to continue learning, but you also connect within that association. And uh, really, I think it helps you continue to become an expert in your field. I have a question. How do you know, because this is something that Yvonne and I face as psychotherapists. There's a lot of people that are out there that are uh, quote unquote coaches and 
um, or not, um, or their therapist, but haven't done the training. I, I want to know, how do you know if someone is qualified to, to do a project? Um, I know I've hired interior designers and honestly have had bad experiences with a few of them and then had wonderful experiences with others. How do you know how to select an interior designer that's qualified and that you can work with? Well, I think, first of all, that's a great point, because I think in any industry, someone could say, I went here and I had a great experience with this person, not so great with the other. And I think that's something that what it comes down to is, of course, someone being qualified, but it's really a business, like I said, of relationships. When you first meet someone and go on that interview to talk about hiring them for your project, or maybe it's a phone call or a Zoom call these days, you have to be able to think, can I work with this person for several months or potentially a year or however long the project is? If you don't feel like certain chemistry that they would be a good working relationship, I think in the beginning, one party or both parties immediately knows in a sense, there's definitely sometimes things where you feel like, oh, you know, I don't know if I feel so comfortable. Maybe I, I love this person. I feel so comfortable. It'd be a fun project. I think you really have to, to kind of get, it, there's a fit. And that's why there's a, a, a sort of a professional for every person, right? So you have to have that, that, that good fit. And also definitely qualifications. I mean, this goes... Uh, all ranging, even up to picking contractors and installers, you might want to see their work. You definitely want to ask about, you know, past projects, where you worked, um, you know, and also get a feel. Budget is a huge one in mm. my industry. Budget is a big, big thing mm. um, because that there's a range. There's designers who work more on budget-friendly projects. There's designers who do super high-end. There's some who do a little of both. You know, you have to feel comfortable in all aspects, getting along and having a good working relationship, feeling comfortable with the, the budget, making sure that's a good fit for both people. Um, and just style as well in general, that's also very important because mm -hmm. you wanna make sure your style is a match. That's why having the website showcasing all that is so important. I mean, everyone is checking out that and also in your Instagram, your social media, your Facebook pages. I think those are just as important nowadays almost even more important than the website, because mm -hmm. I guarantee you, and I, it's probably like this in your fields and most others as we're starting to change, even with businesses and stores and companies, people are tending to check out the social media handles sometimes more mm -hmm. uh, quicker first, yeah. the media. Mm -hmm. And then they might delve further into the website and get the, you know, the heavier information and the more detailed information. Um, but I, I definitely feel like a lot of the times, I mean, I'm getting information from clients or people reaching out to me or even business inquiries from social media these days. So I feel like mm. just kind of keeping all of those things in line with what portrays you and your company and your messaging and your style best, because I feel like that's where people are looking first. So it's really about that fit, but also there's a lot of other aspects to it. I'm, yes. glad, you, I'm glad you talked about the, um, the budget part, because, you know, I think a lot of people think I can't afford an interior designer. And um, there, I, I think what you're saying is that maybe you can. Is that There's correct? A, absolutely. So I, this is the, the thing when it comes to that. I feel like, you know, good design should be for everyone. Everyone deserves to enjoy the place they live in. Sometimes you need a little mm -hmm. help with that because that's why uh, people like me are, are in business. This is what we do. And, and we help people envision their dreams in their home of uh, beautiful decor, right? So I think what, what there is, is there's different, different levels of where you can go. I mean, right now we're even seeing a lot of retail outlets having complimentary design services. Mm -hmm. So that's one way if you're planning on buying from a store, they also include a designer and that's an employee who 
is trained in design and knows their product and is very creative and talented. So you have that level. You have a level where you might go with someone who's maybe newer in the industry and maybe at a certain price point. Um, and that's, that's a perfect fit for you and your project. You may want someone who's gotten years and years of experience. Of course, in any profession, you pay for experience in terms of their hourly rates or time. Of course, that's all, you know, goes hand in hand. So I think finding the right fit for, for you, your project, your budget, all of those things makes for a successful relationship with your designer. That's awesome. Thank you I so much that. for that. Awesome. You're welcome. So I, I know you've done a lot of different projects, but and we'd like to know, like, what are some of your favorites? And we also want to know, just because we like to keep things real, have any of the projects ever flopped? Were you like, oh, gosh, yeah, that didn't go the way I wanted it to go at all? And you don't have to tell us specifically. Yeah, you don't have to tell us specifically, but... But we, we yeah. all, every career has challenges for yes. sure. Yes. Absolutely. And, and you know, in uh, design and construction, the main challenge is day to day is that things are not always going to go as planned. And that is yeah. a reality because especially these days we have longer lead times. We have a lot of things that have taken much longer to get in terms of products and supplies. But when it comes to uh, favorite projects, gosh, I've had... I've had a, the opportunity to do a lot of different things. I, I mostly focus on residential design, but I have worked on some commercial projects with architects that um, I have really loved. I will uh, mention one specifically uh, about three years ago, almost four years now, I got to work as a designer for the Vixen Workout Studio. And if you're not familiar with that, um, that is a workout at, for women. And it's actually all about sort of a women's empowerment movement too. So I think it, if it's right in line with all awesome. of your messaging, um, so it's basically when you go to their flagship studio, it is like walking into your own dance concert. You walk in and there's a huge marquee inside, like a theater and the lighting and there's cool, cool decor everywhere. And it feels like you're backstage at your own concert. And then you go in and you dance and you just, just sort of really just sort of embrace the now and just enjoy the music and the moment and everything. And I, I've danced my whole life. So for me, I've not only have done the workout, but when I got a chance to be part of the design team for that studio, such a cool space, so creative, so many uh, uh, fun uh, moments for selfies and whatnot, but it's just such a great, great studio space. The marquee outside the dance studio was my favorite. It was really, really cool. It had a ton of light bulbs and you could do different, uh, sayings and things on the top with the words and that was just it was a really fun space we uh made light fixtures that uh were um from old microphones and it, like mm. the sort of the uh, old school microphones like pendants that had that mm -hmm. cool light bulbs i found some um some old theater seating on ebay and we refinished it and made it look funky and edgy and just sort of cool and that's the whole vibe of the, the studio it's just edgy and cool so like those kind of projects where i really get to put um the style and the personality of the business itself and sort of the messaging is really fun because you're you're when you are working with other small business owners too that's also a great opportunity it just I love that. I just feel like it's a wonderful thing because everyone who goes into business for themselves is realizing their dreams and their, you know, what they want to put out there. And I love working with small businesses on their designs. Always been a fun thing for me. Um, I also love designing for charities. I, that's been a huge part of what I do. Um, no matter how early on in my career, when I couldn't 
even, uh, you know, monetarily be able to do that. I would always donate time or whatever I could or partner with brands that would be able to donate. So that's sort of how I've been able to um, make that happen. But over the last few years, I've worked with a lot of organizations. There's one in particular called Kids Sanctuary Campus. They're in West Palm Beach. And that is a campus. There's uh, four homes, two boys' colleges, two girls' colleges, and it's for abuse and neglected children put into foster care. Mm. And these homes are built from the ground up. Every design team who participates takes on a room, and we provide all the furnishings for the inside of the room. And mm. these are just beautiful spaces. And they're spaces where the children and the house parents actually live. And right now they're working on the learning center, which I'm also involved in with another friend of mine who's a designer as well. And uh, we're excited about that. But I did a, a bathroom for the boys college a few summers ago that was, uh, it, it resembles a football field. So I love working with tile. So the floor is mosaic that looks like the field, a football field. It's green and white with all the yard lines. And then the shower area was designed as an end zone. It had the goalpost. And I even had friends make a, uh, friends in the industry make a, a 3D, football out of mosaic so it looks like it's breaking through the wall over the goalpost and oh, cool. I did it all in dolphins colors for the home team and it was a really cool project because I love I love those creative projects I could design beautiful and, and pretty spaces you know that's the norm of what people want but when I could work with charities and organizations and do really outside the box fun things again I wanted that to feel like a fun space for the younger children who lived there and um being able to bring design into that and, and do something cool for a good cause uh, was important. So those are two memorable ones that I, I loved working on, but all of my projects are, I enjoy each one of them for different reasons. So they're always uh, something I enjoy because they're creative and fun. Um, in terms of things not going right, of course, there's always gonna be bumps in the road. Like it is never an easy thing. Uh, one thing I will say is from when I started in the business to you know years later, I've been, designing for 18 years now and I've had my business for this is going on its 12th year 11 is going up to 12 so when I started a mistake or something ordered wrong might have been a you know a smaller amount and then as you get further into bigger projects those mistakes can become more expensive so it's all relative to time but like that's <laughs> definitely something you were going to have things that cost you money that go wrong that is part of being in business right no matter what the business is so like mm -hmm. you know you've had those kind of bumps in the road have definitely been experiences but from each time something may have happened like that you always learn from it and it is like a learning thing and you will never make that same mistake twice so I think the biggest thing is anytime whether it's you know having a a mistake in an order that costs you a lot of money because you may not have, you know, you thought you ordered correctly and one number was off or this kind of thing could happen in our industry all the time. Uh, you have to be super careful. So then the next time you will make sure that never happens. That sort of thing. Uh, tightening up the contracts, you know, a lot of the times, especially earlier on, you may not always, uh, you know, the contract might not cover everything, you know, in terms of, you know, the full situation of a project and then as you're in business longer you add to the contract you add and you add because mm -hmm. you realize you know oh I might have worked you know x amount of hours and and realistically uh, I probably didn't think about how long it would have taken to work on the project or, or that sort of thing I think it's all learning and experience but the one thing like another big takeaway on that is always when you are in business for yourself your contract needs to be the, the, the most that's actually the most important thing the creativity mm -hmm. in my business 
that's great. That's important. But you have to always make sure the contract is good, that you're protected, that your clients are protected or anyone you're working with. I think mm -hmm. that is a very important thing. And I think a lot of the times um, when people are new in business, they don't necessarily feel like, oh, I don't have the money to spend on an attorney to do this. It just hire someone to just help with the contract, get that right, make sure that's good, covers all that you want to cover. And then eventually having an accountant and a CPA firm, also very important. All of these things, like you need the right um, professionals around you that are not experts in the type of thing that you do, but in their relative industries that are part of running your business. So when, when you were going through some of these struggles, uh, and this is something that women ask us all the time, what kept you going and saying, no, I, I'm not giving up? Because that's usually where we want to go, right? It's hide underneath the covers and say, I'm not doing this. I'm not cut out to do this. What, what keeps you going? So I think for me, and, and again, I, just in my own experiences, I think having, well, like we said, having that tribe around you, you need the people to rally you, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, whether it's anyone who's close to you or, or peer, you need that. I, For me, whenever something is going wrong, if it's in business, sometimes I turn to my trusted peers or friends in the industry and I'll call and I'll say, hey, this is what's happening. I think that's so, so important. You need that out. It. Be patient. I, I love reading a lot of books, people who've started businesses, whether it's big, big business or small business or everything in between. And I love hearing because I think it's uh, there's something very comforting in hearing that just about any professional you ask. And I know you've had a lot of people on your podcast as well, different different professions. Everyone who's been in business for themselves at some point will always say you are going to have this constant. Mm -hmm. and, and that's part of the experience. So I think just the, the ability to know that it's not always going to be, you know, going up, up, up and all happiness and everything going perfect because that wouldn't be realistic. So you have to know that there is going to be bumps in the road or things and just be prepared. Have the, the people you could turn to for that. Have whether it's the mentor, whether it's the friends. and But above mm -hmm. all, have that in yourself to feel like, you know what, I got this. And even if you don't feel that fully, look in the mirror and say it and feel it and just and just keep going. Because I think sometimes the, the times when you feel like something is just about to like, you're maybe feeling down, sometimes that's when things start to make a turn for the good. So you just never know. I just love, I just love your message um, right there because, you know, when women see you and I know that, some women will be looking at the podcast, not just doing audio, they're going to see this very well put together woman that has it all, uh, you know, and wondering, well, I, you know, I don't have that. I don't have what Elena has. And, and I love that you're sharing from your heart that you have had those struggles, that you have had mm -hmm. those challenges, that you have had question marks, but that you've surrounded yourself with a tribe that will remind you that you can do this when, when you don't have that messaging coming out loud and clear. So I love that, um, you know, because I, I think, especially with social media, we talk about this all the time on this program, we look at other people, especially other women, and we think, wow, you know, she has nothing to worry about. She has no, no uh, self-confidence issues. She's all so well put together. She's got the funds. It's not me. 
And and I, I love that you're saying, no, I also struggle with the same stuff. <laughs> well, I will say, thank first of all, thank you, because definitely I am not so put together, uh, not every day of the week. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, one, one thing, I do want to say this, and um, this is very important to sort of me and, and my company and my brand. I So I wear many hats. I, I own the business. I work, I host a television show. I've worked as a spokesperson. I'm a lot of different jobs. I, I thrive best with having different outlets to do different parts of my, uh, my, like things that I love. I also sort of dress accordingly. So like when I'm doing something today, I, I dressed up for you guys and, and we're in the organized closet, but I trust me, there are unorganized drawers elsewhere in the house. <laughs> and most other days of the week, like I am a very casual person when it comes to my business and anyone who's worked with me and for me knows this. I want my experience of working with me and in your home to be relaxed. I wear leggings and t-shirts and flip-flops when I meet with my clients. I want them to feel comfortable. Of course, if we're going to a certain showroom or something like that, I might dress up differently, but I love the experience to be casual. I will sit on the floor with clients and people I work with and we'll look at samples and things. Like I want the experience to feel comfortable. We're designing your home. So I am very casual in my day-to-day -day work. When I have to do something where I need to be more dressed professionally, I do that too. So I also think it's okay to kind of have whatever um, way of comfort or however, like I think everyone has their own way. And for me, I like having a balance of a little bit of sort of a casual uh, working vibe. And then in certain um, areas of my life that need to be more in a dress up manner or a different presentation, I do that too. So I think it should always be comfortable for you no matter what. Thank you, that's awesome. So I, I wanna ask you this question. We always ask our, our guests this question. What do you wish your legacy to be? Because you're doing a lot of stuff and uh, I love the, the information about the charities. You're, you're juggling a lot of balls. What do you want your legacy to be if, if uh, you could have it your way? I mean, for me, I think I want it to be that I have been able to utilize the talents that I have to help other people. That's why the, the charities have been something very important to me. Um, I love the fact that if, I think if you are given a talent, I think you should share it with others when you can. And of course, you know, there, you still have to also make a living. So you have to have the right balance. So for me, it's about working with charities. It's about continuing to to work with others and help make their homes more beautiful. I get such, it, it's it's awesome to be able to help people in that way. And I really enjoy it. But also for me, it's, I wanna diversify and do as much as I can in my industry because I think it's always good to continuously keep changing things up and, and changing your path because it all relates. I love design, that is my passion, but. I've been able to take a different avenues as a spokesperson, working in television, talking about design, working with brands. I think there are a lot of avenues you could take. And for me, that is something that I want to continue doing. I, I think um, diversifying in your career, it all relates. And then just finding that uh, you can work in, in different segments of it. And for me, I, I want to continue doing that and, and finding new ones. And and keep going, but above all, still continuing to help others and bring beautiful design to the people I work with. Thank you so much. That is so awesome. Um, Yvonne, you want to take it away with contact info? 
Absolutely. So where can, and I'll put this in the show notes, of course, everyone, where can we find you? How can we see some of your, your sample designs? Where, where can our listeners look for you? Okay. So if you prefer social media, my Instagram handle is at Elena Capra design. And I also have a separate company page at Elena Capra designs studio. So there's two handles. There's my personal nap, both you will get plenty of design information and inspo. And then my website is elenacapradesigns.com. So that has my full portfolio, as well as a lot of other things and links to uh, recent episodes of shows and everything else in between. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Elena. We've learned so much from you and uh, I'm super excited about uh, just knowing you a little bit better. And we will do coffee or lunch real soon because I want to get to know you better. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys. This was truly a pleasure getting to chat with you and and share the story, uh, my story. I know we all have a story to tell and I hope that uh, it helps uh, someone who's listening you know, keep going with their uh, start of their own business or path. I'm sure it will. It, it will definitely inspire women to know that, especially during these very difficult times where we are finding ourselves without the job that we had or, you know, having to reinvent ourselves, that it is truly possible. And you certainly have done it in a beautiful way. So thank you for sharing thank you. your story. And let's go ahead and get your lipstick out and let's do the Lipstick attitude time. And All right. Then... Luckily, we are sitting on my makeup. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, okay. I'll go. do this together. Here we go. Okay, ladies, let's do this. Put on your lipstick attitude no matter what. Sometimes the world is a little difficult and challenging, but when you put on your lipstick, you can get out there and face the world. It is our war paint. It symbolizes our resiliency and our ability to be able to kick some butt no matter what. We have courage and we are such strong women. We, we can do it all. We just need to remind ourselves. And if we forget, we need to find our tribe that will remind us and lift us up. Not hand out, but to lift us up. So no matter what, put on your lipstick attitude. Thank you again, Elena. And thank you everyone for listening. If you love the show, if you love what we're doing, we need your support, your financial support. Uh, go ahead and text uh, SSL Women to 44321. SSL Women to 44321 or go to sslwomen.org and make a donation. That's the only way we can keep this program growing and we can share this message, these messages that are so important for women to know. Again, thank you everyone, and we'll be back. Bye everyone. Thank you, Elena. Thank you, thank Elena. You Bye. Bye.